Hi guys, welcome to the inaugural episode of Hot and Sweaty Beauty, a brand new podcast by me, Dr. Tio Wan Lin, in partnership with Dr. TWL Pharmacy, Singapore's specialty skincare and beauty pharmacy. For our international listeners, here's a bit of context. Singapore is a tropical island that is situated right at the equator. This means that we get 100% of the sun's UV rays year-round. There are no seasons, well, other than the monsoon season which sends heavier rains and floods at the end of each year. Nevertheless, the temperature hovers at 33 to 35 degrees Celsius, on average with near 100% humidity levels. Now, what does this mean for beauty lovers? As a dermatologist trained in and practicing in Singapore, my clinical experience is particularly in the area of tropical dermatology. Tropical dermatology is legitimately a part of our academic curriculum as dermatologists. Most of our textbooks contain a section on that. The reason is truly because our climate does foster certain skin and scalp conditions, which are less prevalent in temperate weather. Examples of common skin conditions which the public would be familiar with include heat rash, known medically as malaria rubra, folliculitis, a form of occasionally itchy pimple-like eruptions um, and which can affect the entire body, uh, as well as worsening flare-ups of existing skin conditions including acne, rosacea and eczema. This brings me to the reason why. Our skin is literally a living, breathing organism with an entire complex ecological system to call its own. When I say breathing, I mean the phenomenon of airflow across the surface of skin as opposed to respiration. This phenomenon was especially pertinent with mask-wearing behavior during the COVID-19 pandemic. Suddenly, skin is subject to an environment which is occlusive, meaning that there is minimal or zero airflow on the surface of skin. Additionally, Singapore's tropical weather exacerbated this. The increased humidity, accumulation of sweat due to high environmental temperatures all led to an increased growth of microorganisms on skin covered by the face mask. The retention of sweat led to an increase in what researchers term stickiness sensation, also affected by the type of material used in a face mask. Now, this is a form of skin discomfort which isn't just about making your skin feel uncomfortable. It can certainly get us very irritated indeed, but the most important thing is that it also sends a feedback mechanism to your brain. Our skin is wired with nerve endings that send messages to the brain, which subsequently replies with chemical signals that aim to regulate certain pathways to ensure healthy skin functioning. 
However, what happens when skin feels uncomfortable is not ideal. For those who suffer from eczema, they know that itch is an unbearable sensation that provokes more scratching and damaged skin. The issue with constant friction over the surface of the skin, whether caused by clothing or a face mask, eventually results in disruption of the skin barrier, known as frictional dermatitis. Coupled with increased environmental temperatures and humidity, a disrupted skin barrier then becomes the perfect breeding ground for harmful skin pathogens. This is when dermatological conditions like acne, rosacea, and eczema either develop or worsen. Traditionally, dermatologists have always focused on genetics as the primary cause of skin conditions. Rightly so, since clearly there are individuals living under the same climatic conditions who never seem to develop skin problems. However, with the co-occurrence of the Masni pandemic uh, with COVID-19, dermatologists, myself included, have witnessed the explosion of skin diseases amongst those who otherwise never had skin problems. I hope that gives you a good idea about how climate directly affects um, the behavior of skin. Right now, we shall move on to how and why skincare and makeup in Singapore simply doesn't behave the same under these environmental conditions. We start with cleansing. Traditionally, the skincare brands stocked at the beauty section in departmental stores or drugstores in Singapore are either from the West, America, Europe, or prominent Asian brands emerging from Japan and Korea. While it may be intuitive to assume that our ethnic Asian population will find Asian skincare brands more suited for their skin type, it is noteworthy that Japan and Korea, known for J-beauty and K-beauty respectively, have vastly different climates. These are temperate countries, just like the rest of East Asia. For European and American skincare brands um, sold in drugstores or specialty beauty stores, cleansers are marketed specially for different skin types. Cleansers for oily skin, for example, often contain AHAs, BHAs. Um, examples of each include uh, glycolic and salicylic acids, respectively. It does make sense from a dermatologic therapeutic perspective because these acids help to increase cell turnover by exfoliation and also act as an astringent. This means that it can reduce skin oiliness or seborrhea, which directly worsens acne. However, there are issues that arise when you translate that to the Singapore context. Firstly, we have a much higher baseline UV exposure compared to other countries outside of the equator. These acids happen to cause photosensitivity or sun sensitivity. For many with acne and oily skin, using these cleansers once or twice may not result in issues, but I have witnessed many cases whereby long-term use 
led to facial dermatitis, even in those who were not considered at risk. These were individuals with oily skin types who suffered from acne, and many don't even have a family history of sensitive skin or eczema. There is another factor at play here, and that is the fact that Asian skin is also more susceptible to the photosensitive effects of peeling acids found in skincare. The point here is that chemical peels, for example, which are performed in the dermatologist's office, are at a lower dose for skin of color, which Asian skin falls under. These are wash-off chemical peels, which have to be neutralized. For cleansers, serums, and toners which incorporate acids, skin is exposed to a much lower dose chronically. What happens then? There is actually not much research available on that, so we can make our best guess based on firstly clinical experience and secondly logical deductions based on sound dermatological concepts. What I have found is that because these formulations do work on a cellular level, the accumulated effects eventually result in skin sensitization. Regardless of whether the individual had oily skin or not, the time taken would vary. Some would develop sensitivity over weeks, others months or years. It is hard to conduct such a study. But my main takeaway from over a decade of clinical experience as a dermatologist practicing in Singapore is that the cellular effects, both beneficial. And harmful were very real. So, as the chief scientific officer of the cosmeceutical arm at the pharmacy, I took the decision to pivot the traditional concepts of using acids and retinols in skincare to plant-based, non-irritating, minimally sensitizing alternatives. Which now form the basis of our skincare range. Well, that's it for the very first episode of Hot and Sweaty Beauty. I hope you all have enjoyed this episode, and if you did, we would love if you would give us a five-star rating. That would help this podcast reach more people. I would like to invite you to head over to our website at www.drtwlpharmacy.com for the podcast transcripts and recaps, as well as to hear your feedback and comments on this podcast subject. Till the next episode.